This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Grant and Danny on the fan. I am live at Mandalay Bay at Radio Row in Las Vegas. Danny is back in our Half Street Studios in D.C. holding down the fort on the day that Dan Quinn was introduced to the media day. We are joined on site right now by Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio is making the rounds here in Vegas. I was just telling you, Mike, 57 minutes, the press conference time for Dan Quinn today being introduced to the media. Well, you know, I like more. More is better. More gives the reporters greater opportunities to ask questions, meaningful responses i would take 57 over five to seven minutes any day so that's good now whether he said enough to make people excited about the hire i don't get the impression a lot of people were it feels like they settled it feels like they got their second maybe their third choice but he's got to prove himself and he's got to make people feel better about a guy whose defense gave up 48 points and got embarrassed in the wild card round at home Uh, mike does how we got here matter spoiler alert it matters to me you know, you don't you don't let your number one candidate all along, quote unquote, get on a commercial flight out of Reagan National Airport to be photographed by Nika Jabal of the Washington Post. That's just not what it looks like. Does it matter at the end of the day how we got here? Of course, if you're successful, no one will care. But for me, right now, it does matter. Well, I think a big part of what any team tries to do is create the impression that no one ever says no to us, and we always get our first choice. And I think there was a desire by Josh Harris to create the perception that now that he has taken over the team, they will be lining up to work for us. They will choose us over other destinations. And this becomes part of the PR challenge. I say this all the time when it comes to the draft. If you have one of the top ten picks in the draft, you never say who you really want. So when you draft a guy, you can say, this is the guy we got that we wanted all along. This is the guy. Nobody ever knows any different. It's more of a challenge when – you're trying to find a coach, you need to be sensitive to what the perceptions are out there about who you're going to hire, and it was widespread rumor, belief, etc., that it was going to be Ben Johnson. You better be aware of that, and you better be in a position where you can be proactive and counter it if you feel like the wind is going to change. And then you got to get the word out there that, you know, we think a lot of Dan Quinn, and don't be surprised if it's Dan Quinn, and the next thing you know, it's Dan Quinn. It doesn't seem as sudden. It doesn't seem abrupt, and it doesn't feel like – you only went to Quinn after Ben Johnson moved on and after Mike McDonald had offers between the Seahawks and the Commanders and chose the Seahawks. So the PR part of it has a lot to do with it. But, yeah, it I don't know. There isn't a whole lot of sizzle. There isn't a whole lot of flash. And if I was a Commanders fan, I would not be sure 
how I should feel about any of this. The staff's going to have a lot to say about that, right? And he's already gotten to work in that regard. Joe Witt Jr. comes over. Cowboys secondary coach has had two interception leaders in the NFL the last three years. Quinn said today he will call plays as the defensive coordinator. And Cliff Kingsbury was the hire as an offensive coordinator. I think they're kind of viewing that as a slam dunk because he was a four-year head coach and he's a huge name. I think fans are whelmed in D.C. They're not really sure what to think because the production hasn't kind of met what you expect from Kingsbury. But what's your thought on those hires? The Kingsbury offense is basically a system. It's a system that is premised on the notion that I have better players than you, so I can do this over and over and over again. I don't have to be creative. I don't have to make dramatic changes to my approach eight, nine weeks into the season once you've figured out what I'm doing. I'm not going to game plan for your defense as much as I'm going to prepare my offense to go out and do the things that I do well. That is a problem in the NFL. It works in college when you've got superior talent. And when you look at what Cliff Kingsbury, Clint Kingsbury excuse me, did in college, he, he had a losing record at Texas Tech. He had a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes who wasn't nearly as good as he could have been and should have been based upon what he has become. So where is the substance to match the style, the sizzle, the idea that Kingsbury is this football savant. I didn't see it in Arizona, and it's just so strange. Now, he's different than some of these other offensive coordinators who they leave one team involuntarily and they land somewhere else, like Ken Dorsey and Alex Van Pelt and Luke Getze if he ends up with the Raiders. At least Kingsbury was a head coach. But this idea that you spend a one-year exile in college and now you're back and you're you're kind of in demand as an offensive coordinator. The Raiders would have hired him if they had worked out their contractual differences. Let's just see. And and if this is the the foundation being laid to get Caleb Williams, then there's a method to the madness. But the jury is still out on whether or not the Cliff Kingsbury offense works. And I just don't think it works as a system that we use without regard to who we're facing and without the dramatic changes that I think – offenses need to make over the course of a season to be as good as they can be his offense is ranked 16th 14th 15th in his first three or four years in arizona of course that fourth year murray got hurt and all things broke around him he ended up losing his job mike florio is as plugged in as anybody covering the national football league joining us from mandalay bay at radio row on grant and danny i actually want to tap into something you just referenced with that raiders gig it was his for like 36 hours supposedly and then it wasn't I don't know if you know the specifics of what happened there or not, but how does something like that happen? Does Dan Quinn or someone reach out and go, hey, did you sign yet? Is that allowed? I mean, how does that oh, yeah. work? It's all fair game until a contract is signed. Now, Even if he's agreed with the team and he's, like, flying yeah, in to sign or whatever. Nothing is done until it's done. There's no binding contract until it's signed. Now, you can get into issues of ethics. You can... You can, like the Raiders could be upset, maybe. You could harm relations. Well, but I think it truly fell apart. This wasn't a situation where... He's working on a deal with the Raiders, and then in come the commanders, and they steal him away from the Raiders. Gotcha. The deal broke down with the Raiders. Now, I don't know this to be 100% accurate, but I wouldn't be surprised if what happened was one of the key terms, like number of years, was an issue. Because he's still got buyout left with the Cardinals. So if, for example, whatever you're offered by the Raiders only takes you through what you already have by way of a buyout with the Cardinals and gives you nothing beyond that, what are you doing here? You just continue to 
get paid to not coach anybody, you've got an obligation to try to find something. But if it was years, if it was two versus three, that could have been an issue. And maybe the commanders were willing to do more. Obviously, they worked out whatever the differences were in Washington. It wasn't a holdup. It didn't keep it from happening. But, yeah, until it's signed, nothing is done. Until there's a, an enforceable contract that gets filed with the league, it's fair game for anyone, any reason, any way, shape, or form, with the only caveat being if you piss people off, it makes it hard to do business in the future. Mike Florio with us here on G&D. So, Mike, I mean, to me, my biggest reason for optimism when it comes to Kingsbury is maybe there's some evolution there. Because to your point, it was a lot of shotgun. The offense is usually or typically faded in the second half of the season as Arizona would. Uh, despite some gangbuster kind of starts, like people kind of figured out there was no counterpunch there. You know, I know that's kind of wishful thinking, but make a bull case for that. Well, we're all capable of learning and evolving and growing as human beings. That's the one thing that separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom. We learn from our mistakes. We mature over time. We get better, ideally. And the question will be, what has Cliff Kingsbury learned about coaching in the NFL during his four, time, four years with the Cardinals? that would cause him to fully embrace the realities of careful study of everything the opposing offense defense does so you can find the holes that you can exploit with your offense. Careful study of your own offense on a regular basis. What are we showing? What are people thinking that we do, and how can we use that to our advantage and pivot away from it to something else that's what we'll know and i think the people who are expert at breaking down those nuances of the game like my partner chris sims on pft live he'll know by halfway through the 2024 season whether or not cliff kingsbury has learned from the failure in arizona to have a system that is kind of a living breathing thing that gets better as the year goes on mike i don't have to be thrilled about the dan quinn hire right it's not a bad hire. It's just not the one that I was hoping for. Having said that, the Commanders added one of the guys with the highest Q ratings in the National Football League. Like I don't know anyone that doesn't love Dan Quinn. Uh, you talk to people all over the league. What do you think is, uh, it, is it is about Dan Quinn? Like Just this press conference today, all of a sudden, a lot of fans are going, well, maybe this could work. Why is he so well-liked? Well, I don't know. Because if I was a Falcons fan, I wouldn't like him. We had a Super Bowl one, and he blew it, right? If I was a Cowboys fan, I wouldn't like him. Gave up 48 points in a game that we should have won by 48 points over the Packers. At least that's what they led me to believe with all that bluster from Jerry Jones twice a week on 105.3, the fan in Dallas. So there's – look, not everybody's cut out to be an NFL head coach, to be a successful NFL head coach. And Dan Quinn inherited a team that had been built before him by Thomas Dimitrov with Mike Smith as the head coach. They had franchise quarterback Matt Ryan in place. They had all the pieces. Their best year was when Kyle Shanahan was in charge of the offense when they got to the Super Bowl and Matt Ryan was the MVP. Dan Quinn was 43-42 and 42 in the regular season as a head coach, 3-2 and two in the postseason. Does that scream out? This guy just, you know, he just, he just had – he had bad luck in his first stop, and now it's going to be better. I mean, you look at the team he inherited in Atlanta versus the team he's inheriting now. The team he had in Atlanta when he walked through the door with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan was better than the team he's walking into now. So, I don't know. Great guy. Everybody likes him. I care about results, and it's a zero-sum game. For every good team, there's a bad team. For every winner, there's a loser. we got eight new coaches this year. 
Half of them are going to be gone within three years. We know that. Maybe more than half. I need to go look at that past few years. How many of those guys that – and you always find something good to say about them. And, we, you know, hey, we don't really know what's going to happen, so we can either say something good or we can say something bad. Let's say something good and let's just shake the pom-poms and hope it works out. But we know what happens. There's a good chance it's not going to work out. There's a good chance he's going to be fired within three or four years. What do you make of this year's cycle being so defensive? Just a one-off? Because I don't the, like it. The numbers are – I mean, you're talking about 10 conference championship games to one, four Super Bowls to zero in terms of offensive coaching hires versus defensive since 2014. And yet this cycle was dominated for whatever reason by defensive hirings. I don't like it. The most important relationship on your team is the relationship between starting quarterback and the person coaching the starting quarterback. If you have a defensive head coach and the relationship works between the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, what happens? The offensive coordinator becomes a head coach somewhere else, and then you got to go find another one. And you find another one, and maybe it works, or maybe it's Ken Dorsey, like the Bills found out the hard way after Brian Dayball did a good enough job with Josh Allen to become the head coach of the New York Giants. So... I would always hire an offensive head coach, always, always. And I mean that with all due respect to Dan Quinn. And I was going to say Raheem Morris, but he's got experience on both sides of the ball. But he's primarily known as a defensive guy. And most recently, he was defensive coordinator. Mike McDonald, you're going to get in a situation where, just like Todd Bowles in Tampa, what happened? Dave Canales came in, did a great job with Baker Mayfield, and now he's gone. Bobby Slowick was almost gone from the Houston Texans and probably will be gone after this year. So I want that Sean Payton-Drew Brees relationship. I want quarterback and coach joined at the hip for 15 years ideally. When I find my guy, I want nothing to get in the way of that guy being as good as he can be and losing the offensive coordinator to be a head coach with another team gets in the way of making your quarterback as good as he can be. Mike, want to go broader NFL with you. We had a playoff game only on Peacock this year. I have Peacock and still couldn't make it work. Somehow, probably a me issue, but still it frustrated me. <laughs> Where, what are we doing in five years? What are we doing in ten? I think that one of the wild card games, and there are six of them now on wild card weekend, one of them will be streaming every year for the foreseeable future. I don't think the NFL is going to push it any farther than that. I really don't. I don't know. Nobody from NBC tells me these things. I think the NFL was sensitive to the criticism of the streaming game on Peacock. The numbers eventually will blow up in your face. They had great ratings this year in the postseason. And a big part of that is games available on three-letter over the air. And there's still a lot of people who use the antennas that they tape to the wall that pull in the signals over the year. Big cities, a lot of people don't have cable, don't have Internet. People still use those? People still use those. People still (laughs) use those. That stuns me. And and so I think that that for now, that's the way it's going to go. Now, at some point, it will all be streaming, I think. At some point, there won't be networks at all as they currently exist. You access everything through streaming. That's when it all changes. But the NFL, two things. They don't want to give up the gigantic audiences they currently get from over-the-air TV. And number two, if the NFL pushes too many of its quote-unquote free games to streaming, that's when it has to worry about Congress trying to take away the broadcast antitrust exemption, which allows the NFL to sell all games as a block. So you can't say, I just want to give Jerry Jones a billion dollars a year for his games, and I'm not interested in giving the Jaguars or whatever other nationally unpopular team would get far less. Whatever Jerry Jones would get, 
there will be teams that will get far less. They want to hold it together, and the broadcast antitrust exemption lets them do that. What do you make of the numbers, 57 and $59 million, respectively, for the AFC and NFC championship games on Sunday? Both were records. On one hand, it's amazing to me that in this day and age of you no longer have to cluster around your TV to watch happy days like when I was growing up. And that was the moment, and that was it. And if it passed, you're screwed. You might get the rerun six months from now, but you're never seeing that show again. There's no other way to see it. Now we watch whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, on whatever device we want. To get that many people to come together at one time is amazing. But at the same time, for example, what are the numbers going to be for the Super Bowl? $110 million? $120 million? What the hell is everybody else doing that? we got 240, 260 million other people. Where are they? Like, what rock are they hiding under? So it's still it's surprising that it pulls as many people together as it does. But when you consider how many football fans are out there, I still feel like the ceiling can be even higher. Mike, I remember a handful of years ago when the NFL wouldn't let Tony Romo do a fantasy football conference in Vegas. And not only have they leaned in, but they're, they're tripling down whatever gambling term you want to use on not only sports gambling, but, but any and all things Vegas. just seems unfathomable how far away we were a couple of years ago and where we are now. Well, they haven't leaned in. What they are, you know that game that you see from time to time where you go into the booth and you close the door and they press the button and there's dollars flying everywhere and you try to stuff as many in your oh, pocket that's fun. as you yeah. can? Yes. That's whatever what you get doing. your hands on? That's what they're doing. The commissioner was interviewed by Mike Tirico on the sideline before the first game of the regular season, Lions-Chiefs. And at one point, the commissioner said that the Supreme Court's decision required us to be in this space. It required us to be in this space. The Supreme Court's decision didn't require the NFL to do anything. The Supreme Court allowed every state other than Nevada, if it wanted to do so, to have legalized sports wagering. That's it. The NFL could have hated sports betting and avoided it as vehemently as it did before, as it does now. I mean, plenty of things are legal. That doesn't mean you have to do them. Mustard is legal, and I will never eat it. The NFL has decided that mustard is damn good when they pay you hundreds of millions of dollars to eat the mustard. And that's where the commissioner, I think, has a delicate situation. And that's why I think one of the reasons why I think I wasn't invited to the commissioner's press conference today, because I would read his words back to him from 2012 when he said, if legalized sports betting is permitted on a widespread basis, normal incidents of the game, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said normal incidents of the game, like fumbles, bad calls, and other things of that nature will lead to speculation, distrust, and allegations of point shaving and game fixing. And I would want to read that to him, and hopefully someone today will, and ask him, what are you doing to prevent that speculation? Are you witnessing it? Because I know I am. Everywhere I turn, every email I get, not every one of them, but a high percentage of them, suggests the game is now rigged. It's now fixed. The fix is in. And I think that what the commissioner feared has come to fruition. So what are you doing about it? What are you doing to prevent bad calls? What we are you need doing the optics. To, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. But what are you doing to enhance officiating so there aren't bad calls? You can't control fumbles. You can control bad calls. What are you doing to create create fewer bad calls and create a better perception like you said the optics that the bad calls we're doing everything we can to take them out of the game i want to double click real quick on what you just said about the presser before we let you go mike florio pro football talk final thing for you is the commissioner's press conference i've been coming to the super bowl pre-pandemic for many many years this was always this big open event they've now changed that it's earlier in the week which is just inside baseball before a lot of people get out here and you said today it was invite only which i believe is unprecedented well it Am I just being a, a cynical guy? Like, what is going on with that? 
It became invite-only the first year after COVID, and they've stuck with it. Gotcha. And now this year, by moving it from Wednesday to Monday and keeping it invite-only, and I think it's 120 people only, it creates the impression that they're very sensitive about creating an environment where that they can trust the people who ask the questions will play ball. And you look at the Jim Trotter question last year about – diversity in the NFL network. He probably didn't newsroom. make the cut list. That, yeah, yeah, he probably <laughs> didn't get invited either. Right. And and it was the same question he had asked a year earlier. And look, we know how these organizations work. We have a very strong personality in charge. And Roger Goodell is a very strong personality. And he wants things a certain way. And he gets mad when it doesn't go his way. So those under him figure, we better do things in a way that will not cause that same reaction when he came in and he was mad at everybody so you engineer the press conference so it's at a time when fewer people will be there fewer people are in town the people who are there are more likely to play ball and i hope it blows up on them i hope it backfires and i hope people ask a lot of tough questions because now they feel like they're being challenged if i got an invitation that means i play ball that means i'm soft that means I'm compromised. I'll show them. I'll show people like Florio who would suggest that only the people who get invitations are people who are going to throw softballs. I'm going in there with high heat. I hope that happens. But also the other thing they're counting on is what's right after the press conference. Opening night. Here comes Travis Kelsey being asked questions about Taylor Swift. Here comes Patrick Mahomes being asked questions. Here come all the 49ers players. By the time opening night's over, Anything the commissioner said is going to be superseded by that. It used to be Friday. Peter King made this point on PFT Live last week. used to be Friday. All that stuff would carry into Saturday because nothing else was going on. There'd be six, seven, eight stories about things the commissioner said. Now, there may not be more than one or two. Mike, always appreciate it, man. Enjoy the Super Bowl week. Great talking to you guys. Thank you, buddy. Enjoy the week. Thank you so much. Mike Florio on site here, PFT Live throughout the week on site at Radio Row. They will be uh, broadcasting live, as is Danny, your boy, with no sleeves. The Pat McAfee Show. I see them about a, a hundred yards away. You need me to say anything to Pat for you? Just at, just inquire about sleeves. Just tell them, let them know what how many shirts are available that have sleeves. It would, it would make me like them so much more. Eric Bienemy out. Let's react to that. Kingsbury and Wit in. So much to chew on. Dan Quinn's staff coming into vision here we see what he's trying to accomplish we see he went and got a former head coach he plucked one of the assistants from dallas harris said he thinks he's still got a surprise or two up his sleeve he called him tricks up dan quinn's sleeve let's get into that next on grant and danny on the fan this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For a tax 
Check your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.